As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Baseball Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. That is Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. You know, anything travels that far ought to have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? High drive! Left field! It is out of here! This is a simple game. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. You got it! You're listening to The Roundtable with Grant Brisby, Andy McCullough, and Mark Carrig on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 68 of The Roundtable. I'm Grant Brisby, here with Andy McCullough and Mark Carrig. Uh, Andy, how are you doing today? Doing fine, although I'm definitely not going to let you stand behind me. All right. Mark, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, Grant. I was just going to ask you how your stadium tour was the other day. I, I hear you were in the press box. I was in. They had free cookies. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. They had free cookies with M&Ms in them. They were delicious. Did you get all their autographs and stuff? Uh, Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I didn't bring the Giants hat where I get the autographs in the bill. I just brought okay. a regular Giants hat to the press box. You see box. the players in their underpants and all that? <laughs> I didn't. House? Well, no. Everyone was fully clothed. Uh, Brandon Crawford okay. was very respectful. Let's just keep it at that. I had, hey, seriously, Grant, so, so a really good friend of mine in the Bay Area was was raving about what you wrote. Oh, that's off, sweet. Off of that. And like, and so to just be earnest for a second, I think that's really hard to do is to capture moments like that in a way that resonates with the fans. You know, and you did it. So congratulations. I, I know that was a big deal in the Bay Area. And, and you did. You wrote a hell of a story. Who is your friend, Bob Melvin? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey man, Bob I, Melvin's a, a, a pseudo friend of the family, but what are we doing? Going. What are we doing, man? Okay, before we go on, the elephant in the room, I have a court order saying that we are not allowed to talk about Buck Showalter. Gag order, straight from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals Circuit Court. Like, it is ironclad. We cannot talk about Buck Showalter. The playoffs are starting, you monsters. So let's just dive right into playoff talk, right? Yeah. So the Buck thing. Uh, Mark, you need to stop posting. What? You just need what to... What did I do? You know what you did. I, do, I don't. Enlighten me, Andy. You need to stop posting. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Obviously, the there was not many scenarios where David Stearns was going to have Buck Showalter as his manager next year. Uh, there was uh, kind of an... It, it, there was a... Been a little bit of criticism here in New York about the way it was handled uh, in that, you know, Stearns wasn't even an employee yet of the Mets when he kind of pushed out Buck. I'm not totally sure how there is a way to handle that properly. What you fire him the morning of the first press conference, like you have to do the press conference on my, whatever. Like I, I understand, uh, you know, if from Showalter's perspective, there was any frustration there, but like, I think everyone kind of involved understood the score. Uh, so yeah, you know, Mark, congrats. You know, Mark got what he wanted all along. Grant, 
stabbed Gabe in the back. It's Look just, at that. You guys are. Smug you guys are a smile on Mark's face. The both of you is. I'm ashamed to be I near mean, you. This is. This is. I have no quarrel with Buck Showalter, none whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like as I said on social media this week, this guy is gonna go down as one of the best to ever do the job. Okay, so in the regular season, so and give him his due. He's a four-time manager of the year. He keeps getting hired because he's good at his the job. The most incredible okay? thing about the show is Mark is so preposterous that I find myself having to defend this. Like having to defend. What is preposterous? I, the guy's resume is incredible, Andy. What, what do you want? You're, a, you're what? You're sick in the head, man. Well, I don't understand. I'm sitting here saying that he's good at his job. Well, you're sick in the head. You know exactly what you're doing. I've had enough. I don't uh, like it whatever, when you do like, bits. You're not a bits guy. This isn't a bit. He's a good major league manager, he's cl- and he's had a hell of a career. What do you want from me? He's clearly a, a bit guy. He might be the most bit guy on the podcast. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like this, the end is very representative of his career in that I think the only people who don't understand why this has happened are his surrogates. Yeah. Okay, they're out there going crazy about. Uh, look, it was an unfortunate situation, man. Like they had a very bad year. Yeah. There's a leadership change, and this is just how it works. It's a business, man. All right. They did. They never. They never even. And here's the thing. Like it's so easy to pile onto the Mets because God knows that there have been plenty of times where they've stepped on the land. They're the Mets, yeah. They're the Mets. Now that said, did they even use the word fired? Did they make a big stinking deal of like firing? Like they. It was not. There's no good way to do this. And it is very common in the sport for someone who's coming in a leadership role to have their own manager. Like, this is very straightforward. It's unfortunate. There wasn't a good way to do it. But I don't look at that and think that they spiked the football. No, the they didn't. It, I don't think they, they didn't fire him at 3 o'clock in the morning right, in Colorado. Right, 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 right. After winning. Like they did with Willie Randolph after a win because they didn't want to whack him on Father's Day. <laughs> They didn't do that. The funny part about it was that he was presented with the option of, look, look, you can either walk down this plank or we're going to throw you over to the side of the boat. So, like, it's up to you. But either way, you need to get off this vessel. You know, look, yeah, like, it, it, he he was – if you if you announce that he's fired on Monday morning, which was yesterday, the morning of the Stearns press conference, right, that becomes the dominant – theme of the Stearns press conference. Correct. If you do it a day before, it's, you know, you've turned the page. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and look, like, it's not. You get the same problem they, they actually had. Like, there's no good way there's to no do good it. There's no good way and, like, to at do least, it. So, like, whatever. No, and, and this way, by doing it this way, actually, Buck got the send-off he deserved by Sure, yeah, it, it, which is the thing all he right? wouldn't and have like, gotten if they fired him on Monday. So, let me, you know, get all kayfabe here. My issue with Buck isn't even with Buck. I just find that he inspires a lot of lazy journalism. That's it. All right? Like, ultimately, that's what this is, is that Brittany Giroli wrote a really good column on Buck yesterday. And it was really good because it was nuanced. All she said was that, dude, this guy did a lot of things well. He wasn't perfect. Exactly. That, that's all. What, what I've always railed against is this idea that he is Saint Buck Showalter. Look at Grant. Look at Speaking Grant. of bad journalism, Grant, you written anything about the Giants lately? You monster. Yeah. No, because I've been there? I've been writing like uh, postseason power rankings and wild card game previews. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Can I here say one go. thing about the Giants? Can I say just one thing and then we'll move on to the postseason stuff? Uh, just one yes. thing. Go. Just one go. Thing. Okay, yes. I am confused why what the team is dealing with seems to be very clearly a failure of execution, i.e., not generating the homegrown, like the homegrown players, like, you know, Ramos, Luciano, whatever, like not being stars yet or ready yet or whatever. And basically close to striking out on their big ticket, big ticket, whatever free agents, right? The guys they spent money on why that's a failure of philosophy rather than a failure of execution. Like, it seems like very clearly like, Hey, they didn't sign the right players. The farm system is not producing like, yeah, I don't understand why it's like Farhan Zaidi hates exciting baseball. You know what I mean? That confuses me. 
Okay, so I'll break it down because I agree with you uh, as quickly as possible. Because no, nobody. <laughs> Dude, Grant is right Grant now. is just furious right now. He wants to pretend. I'm, he knows. I'm on like three hours of sleep. He wants baby. to pretend Yo, he knows who's on the race. Too, I mean, He's like, no, no, I, I definitely know. have thought about this. I know how to pronounce Yandy Diaz's if, name. If I were out back digging a grave all weekend, I'd be wow. freaking furious too. You believe this, Mark? Oh my god. Okay, okay. So here's the thing. What here's Grant the thing. did. Yeah, unbelievable. I was you very think fair. I'm bad? I was very, very fair. You were. Uh, my body count. What you wrote before Grant or before Grant, jeez, before Kapler was deposed, I thought was excellent, and I thought it was all the criticisms were reasonable. I thought the points you made about how he he's the public face of the organization and that needs to be more of his presentation. I thought that was totally valid. I'm just sort of I just look at it as like what went wrong with the Giants seems very obvious and it's being like extrapolated in a way that confuses me yeah you've hit on the two planks there's two parts of this and the first is that when they took over after the 2018 season they had decent prospects but they were mostly teenagers really really young you know luciano you've got under and the first round picks from the previous regime uh elliot ramos and joey bart uh, didn't quite pan out so you don't have those people in place. You don't have those young players in place, that foundation that you probably want to have four years in. That's not necessarily the current regime's fault. It's just the way it is. So what do you have to do? You have to go sign free agents. Problem with that, free agents are terrible, generally. <laughs> and like they're just, they're bad. They don't work out all over and over right, again. Right. And Zaidi nailed a bunch of them early like he's kevin gossman oh i'm a freaking mm. genius wood descalfani the first time rodon, just yep. nailed it you got carlos rodon well he's always hurt well not this time suckers like he's just going boom 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 and then this year like normal free agent stuff happens right. yeah and now you don't have those teenagers are now 21 22 year olds they're not quite ready to fill in and charge man this shouldn't have worked and it that it worked in 2021 is is what made people so mad because you felt like the timeline was accelerated. I don't know. I, I get. I don't think Zaidi should be worried about his job. I didn't even like when I wrote that thing about Kapler. I thought he was coming back next season. I just I was addressing the idea that people thought he should be fired. I didn't. Um, but there you go. Look, I, I think writing critically about teams that you covered is vital, and so that when you do it, that you got to have your bases covered. So uh, as much shit as I like to give you. Like, I, I'm with Andy. I mean, it was a nice job. It was totally fair. It was the right thing to do. I also think, and, and whenever I see that kind of column or, or anything critical written, what is a reminder of just a lot of times the criticisms and bad faith. Hmm. All right? Because it's like, it's people who had a problem with Farhan Zaidi the first day he was on the job yeah. and never stopped having a problem with Farhan Zaidi. Yeah, it's just so much of that, I think, like contaminates the discourse over when you write something critical. Is that like the, a lot of times the voices that are the loudest are the ones that like haven't changed their ideas at all because they don't want to change their ideas. They just want to be pissed. Right. So it shouldn't take away from the fact that, you know, the coverage is fair and smart and worth reading, which in your case it was. So, uh, you know, I, I think I look at the Giants and I'm just like, they're boring. I think that's their biggest crime. They bore the hell out of me. Like, right. it's hard to get behind guys there. And like that, and neither people are going, conflated, That's crazy. But it's being conflated that they're being boring on purpose. Right. Which right. they're not. not. Of course not. They were not. You think Fran Zaidi right. signed Michael Conforto thinking, I hope he's boring and has a 99 OPS plus. He's like, wow, I really hope that he's the guy who had like a 130 OPS plus several years ago. <laughs> Grant. <laughs> you're trying to tell me, you're trying to tell me that you think the Giants are boring? You think the Giants are boring. You. Oh, you have a problem with them being boring, buddy? I was born in the darkness. You merely adopted it. The most boring freaking Castro Valley. You're on KNBR. The most boring team I've covered in a long time. I've covered worse teams. I've covered right, teams that made you exactly. want to eat your, your remote control. This yeah. team was Boring. I think like, you know what I like about the Tampa Bay Rays this year? They're not boring. Yeah, that's that's the like, new the they're, new they're Rays. Fun to watch. The new Rays score okay, points. But, like, that's the, the that's there the were Rays, times, yeah. But they were boring back yes. in the day sometimes. Like cause it was just like we're gonna be the boa constrictor and just strangle you overnight and like it, they won games and like they, they built their machine to do that. I didn't necessarily want to watch it. These guys hit the ball over the fence. Like you said, I love that baseball managerism you just threw in there. They do, they score points makes it different it's fun like that counts 
okay? That counts. I'll tell you one thing, and then we'll move on because producer Brian's going to lose it. Best thing that the 2023 Giants have done is they have convinced Grant that he can't just write about the Giants because his mental health will not allow it, and so he's going to be writing national stuff. And so it's a victory for readers that they will get the daily Grant on stuff besides the Giants because they have pushed him to the edge. Well, this actually, I appreciate that. This uh, allows me to segue into the postseason, and it's good news, bad news, because the good news is uh, I'm prepared. I have written thousands of words about these postseason teams. You want to talk Kyle Gibson? Man, he was okay in September. He was getting that he was getting that two seamer down, right? Like I know these teams. Uh, God, this is hot. The bad news, the bad news is as up until 3:30 uh, in the morning doing all this stuff and I'm on a couple hours of sleep and so there's a really strong chance I'm going to be like uh, you know what the problem with women getting the right to vote is? And then I'm like, boom, next next week you've got Nesbitt in my chair. Because I've screwed up and I'm canceled. So uh, let's let's talk postseason. What's the problem? What was the first point? I'm, I'm just kidding. No, oh sorry. Wow. No, 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 no. Hell no. He spent the last month trying to get me in trouble. The last month. Okay? Intentionally saying stuff so that the pizza eaters would yell at me. So I can't do it once. Mark, you do realize is that an editor at this company, you're actually in a supervisory role. And so you'll both lose your jobs and it'll just be 45 <laughs> minutes of me monologuing. And that's what the, oh, the roundtable heads are like thrilled. What the roundtable heads you, want is me I'll just doing Bill Burr's podcast where I just talk by myself <laughs> once a week. But you know what? The, the analogy I always go with is uh, Robert De Niro at the end of Casino. Like, here's my grievances. Um, but I just want to say one thing to that point, and that's the odds on Gabe Kapler, like the actual betting line on Gabe Kapler coming back, were not strong enough for me to put money on them. So I just... Mark, how you doing? <laughs> la, 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 la. Grant, do you have a wild card series you are most looking forward to watching? Mm. Mm. Because I think there's a, I think there's a very clear choice, but I'm curious. Excellent question, Andy. Uh, I like Rays Rangers. Me too, man. I think Rays Rangers to me that could be like if that were uh, an ALCS, I'm, I'm in. Like I think that'd be a great ALCS. Now you're talking about best of three. Uh, the Rangers bullpen is hilarious. And I love that in a short series. Uh, the Rays, like you said, you know, they can hit. They can zip around the bases. They do a lot of things well. I love this series. Yeah. It's not far. They're, neither of these teams were, were far away from being the one and two seeds. Rangers, you know, if they won one more game, win their division, you know, had a, you know, couldn't take care of business against the Mariners, whatever. Um, and then the the Rays, like, they played bad baseball in July. And otherwise, yeah. they've just been kind of a – like a machine all year, despite all of their pitchers, you know, getting injured, despite Wander Franco, you know, going on admin leave, like farm system, it keeps, you know, producing guys. And like Mark said, you know, there still probably is a conception about like, or, or perception about what Rays baseball looks like in the past couple of years, right? They're not that like boring, brutalist team mm -hmm. they were, you know, <laughs> from like 19 that. and 20, where like they kind of built runs out of like a walk and a home run and then struck out 17 times. Like this yeah. club can hit a little bit, right? Like they, you know, Yandy Diaz is at a wonderful year. This is yeah. Randy Arozarena's time of year. You know, uh, they have the the various lows and lows. Although this is, there's a lot of lows and lows in this one. You know, there's there's youngs, there's jungs. I mean, this is a, if you like <laughs> stuff, like if you know if you like mispronouncing names and not being totally sure, this is the series for you. I'll tell you what else is going on with this series, and it's one of my personal favorite genres. Dude, there's some media on media crime going oh, on. Don't just don't don't don't, don't, right? don't, 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 don't. Because like we got, don't. you know, uh, Chris, how about Chris Young going on the radio <sighs> yesterday? And you know who took aim at? Astros media. <laughs> because they had this big like to do about, you know, how the Rangers are celebrating, you know, over the weekend. Like they'd, you know, gone crazy about celebrating a postseason birth. And, and then, you know, took their eye, apparently, as the narrative goes, took their eye off the ball about winning the division, which then allowed Houston to do it. Anyway, I think that kind of stuff is hilarious. But, like, with, with what's going on in the field, I mean, you're, you're right. These are two teams that we were looking at as, 
you know, they should be sitting, could have been sitting at home, that kind of thing. That, that's how good they were. And the fact that they're going to be here fighting for their lives in a three-game set, and there's good players all over the field on both sides of this thing. That's, I mean, it's just a lot of really good ball players. I, I don't know. I, I love it. Stakes are high. Like Yandy Diaz, like, you know, you, you covered him. Like he's, he's sort of that personification to me of like how the Rays are different. Like this is a guy who's taking a step up. He's a force. And we all know, you know, when the lights come on, there are certain guys that you got to keep your eye on. And Randy Rosarena is that. You know, and they got a bunch of guys in there that, you know, that they've cycled in and out, like in platoons or like in roles that they've maximized. So it's going to be just a straight up talent goes. Um, you know, it's a treat that we're getting this in the first round. Back to the point with the Rangers celebrating just for making the postseason, not winning the division. I get it, though. Like, I get it because it, they got a young manager. He's learning. Uh, they, you know, maybe he'll next year. He won't do that. He, he's just, you know, give him a little bit of time. Give him a little bit of time. He's you know who learning. the Giants could use? Are you kidding? Like if we're talking maybe uh, Dusty Baker, uh, Bruce Bochy, ALCS. That'll make Giants fans. Oh. <laughs> so good. Yeah. How about uh, Ken Rosenthal had, a, had noted this today. We were talking about it last week. Uh, how about starting game one for the Texas Rangers, someone who the Yankees determined was not good enough to crack their postseason rotation, <laughs> Jordan <Yeah>. Montgomery. <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd probably do yeah, an external I mean, audit on that, too. Uh, I, yeah, yeah I, I, too, would bring a consulting firm yeah. to tell me why <laughs> a, we got rid of Jordan heck? Montgomery and then handed that money to Carlos Rodon. Wee, but I, but I, and by the way, like, like the Rodon thing, Again, is one of those where everybody knew the injury risk. The entire industry has said, this is someone who's not only going to get hurt, it's, when he does, goes down, it's going to be for months at a time. All right? No secret at all. And so what happened? Like, Rodeau not only hasn't pitched and hasn't been healthy, but looks like he's got the A.J. Burnett Award. All right? Like, he's got the Ed Whitson Award. Like, he can't hack it here. All right. And meanwhile, here's Jordan Montgomery with the team, you know, biggest games of the year. And he's taken, you know, he's on the bump for game one. I, I don't know. It's just it, it really is um, an eye opening thing. And, yeah, it was funny that he noted that. And Kenny wrote a story about, about that specifically today, I think, just on uh, Montgomery starting that game. Mark, you of all people. AJ Burnett beat the Phillies in game two of the World Series. He did. I mean, he did. Settle, that was a bad example. Settle down. The, no, it's it Carl bad, Pavano. Thank you. Yes, Javi Vasquez. Javi Vasquez. Yes. Carl Pavano. Carl Pavano. That's, the American that's idol. The Carl Pavano. Paul Pavano voice from I Think You Should Leave. Uh, Sorry. Oh, man. That's for the Oh, by the there. way, just I wanted to pass something Talk along. Talk about failure of Brit execution instead of philosophy. I think you should leave. <laughs> oh hey, uh, Tim Britton says that you're a fake Simpsons fan. I just wanted to pass that along. Oh, okay. He said that the other day. I thought that was pretty mean. Mm. I told him I'd, I'd send you the message. Just neither here nor there. But mm. go on. Okay. Uh, how? I'm not offended, whatever, but how does that come up in polite conversation? I, I don't remember. But like, it doesn't sound like it was made polite. A, it wasn't polite. He made a thing to say it, too. I was just like, that's a... <laughs> What did Grant's just working on his previews right now? What are you yeah, doing? Anyway, I can't. I can't. I, it's postseason. I got up my game face. I'm trying to give 110. But he called you a fraud. I just want to let you know. That. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Before. Grant's brain is like Max Scherzer's arm right now. It's just hanging by oh, a thread. Man. Like he's yes. just he's just he's this cooked to beautiful. the point of exhaustion, man. Like he's I doing know. everything to try and get back for the postseason. And it's just like, look, yeah. at your age, like it just doesn't work like that anymore, man. You pushed yeah. it too far. This man needs an MRI and a cortisone shot. Man. I <laughs> probably I probably wrote six, right in his forehead. Six thousand, <laughs> seven thousand words like wow. last night between uh like late. And I used to do that all the time, man. I used to do that all yeah. the time, no problem. Really, when you get like, uh, you know, I'm not an old man, but I am. It's hard now. It's yeah. hard. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Reddick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. One more great product from LinkedIn. You're there to network. You're there to look for jobs. You're there to post jobs. And how about LinkedIn Sales Navigator? It's a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date, first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash baseball show. That is linkedin.com slash baseball show for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash baseball show and get started. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hang on, I'm just gonna get on Slack. I gotta Slack the master to get your medal ready. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you think oh, I mean, wow. no, yeah, hey, shut two, up. Wow. Wait, how many, how many, how many yeah. stories you file? Huh? Pencil oh, pusher? Man. <laughs> ah, oh, yes! Man. It's coming up! <laughs> there he is! I show. wish I could show the Slack exchange we had over the weekend. He crushed me. Uh, Marv Thornberry. Oh, that's yeah. what he said. He said, that would burn a little bit more from someone who was in a clubhouse, but Marv Thornberry was still, the last time he was in the clubhouse, Marv Thornberry was an active player. Very good. Someone Very said, good. someone tweeted, I don't remember who it was, so I apologize, but they, they said, uh, nobody's named Marv anymore, right? And that's all it takes to get Marv. Marv Throneberry stuck in my head like an ABBA song. And that's not how normal brains work. And I hate that my brain is like that. But I just went around all week going, Marv Thornberry. Marv <laughs> Thornberry. And so when I got to just spit it back out on Slack, it like cured me. Yeah. It was, uh, he was the, reversing that. Beetlejuice three times. He was the first ba- <laughs> He was the first baseman for the 1962 Mets, right? Yeah. 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 It, uh, yeah. Was there a 62 Mets or was it 63? I don't know. No, 60. Yeah. called the Marvelous Marv. The Marvelous Marv Thornberry. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and like, yeah. it was very ironic because he wasn't Marvelous. But Right. Anyway. Right. At baseball, anyway. Yeah, that'll be a two-one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brian in the chat drops a Marv Levy. Marv we got Levy. Buffalo Bills. Hey, speaking of the here. Buffalo uh, Bills, are the Twins going to win a postseason game? Do you think? Uh, is this the year? I thought about this a uh, couple different ways. Uh, in my piece, uh, really good. You should read it. Um, <laughs> it's it's. Uh, what is the opposite of the Yankees? Like, we're talking literal, literal. Opposite of a Yankee, it's a someone who is not an American, someone from a different country, the Blue Jays, right? They play in a totally different country, as far away from a Yankee as any baseball team can get. They've got money with pictures of a queen on it. Like, forget about it. This is their chance. And then I look through the roster, and uh, I just I just see Aaron Hicks. 
And I just I wonder, am I, am I right? Am I doing this right? Grant literally just had a a, mel- a breakdown. Did he have a stroke. Yeah, Grant <laughs> Grant's brain broke, hey. and his computer Holy broke. Sh- he thinks Aaron, Aaron Hicks doesn't play hey! for the Twins anymore. He thinks Aaron. Like, are you having a stroke? He thinks Aaron Hicks is on the Blue Jays. No, I yeah, I was having a stroke. I was having a stroke. <laughs> Grant Grant really just completely melted down. Oh my god. <laughs> That is, you know, it's better than the one thing that I was saying. Um, His brain shorted out and his computer. (laughs) 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 Yeah, right, right, right. Producer Brian says Grant's bookie cut his Wi-Fi. Uh, So what I was, I was like, I realized halfway through that Aaron Hicks and I was like, what? And then I... I'm in the tab for our video and I clicked on baseball reference and that took me away from the video. So yeah. Beautiful. Should I slack for a welfare check? Yeah, we need a. Yeah, we, need, we need someone. Uh, you know, to as make a supervisor, sure. I have to make sure that the employees are okay. Here's what I got on the, on the twins. Right, I've thought about this extensively. <laughs> I've looked at their baseball reference multiple times. They're an 87 win team, right? The fewest wins of any team in the American League. They did underplay their run differential by uh, like six or seven wins, right? So playing in like the worst division ever, they're probably like a true talent 90-win team. In this format, though, like where they're starting Lopez and Sonny Gray, eh, you know, it's probably their best shot to win a series. I don't know. They're, they have to be the dogs against, you know, America's team, the Blue Jays, uh, you know, the who – Ken Rosenthal continues to point out that uh, in a private conversation, I told him that I wasn't sure the Blue Jays were going to win the division, and now he just has to mention it every time the Blue Jays win a game. Dude, it's the happiest I've ever seen him. Yeah, he's, he's very happy. <laughs> God, I, 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 he brings it up every single time I talk yeah. to him. It'd be like, we were talking about a schedule thing. He's like, <laughs> and he thought they were paper tigers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, if they lose um, to the Twins, buddy, that's, you know, I don't know. That, I, that is the most paper that, tiger that series has a lot of like uh there's a lot of like teams trying to get you know millstones off their back type thing right like the blue jays have sort of underperformed over the past few years they were probably the best team in the east in 2021 they just kind of like didn't crank it up until too late um they kind of blew the series to the mariners last year at home they were a lot of people including dummies on this podcast picked them to win uh the division uh this year unlike geniuses who picked the yankees baby let's go 27 (laughs) rings 27 rings you got none um what was I saying? Yeah, so like I don't know, and then you've got just all of the sort of psychic despondency going on, you know, in, in the <laughs> Twin Cities. Where like, I mean, I, I wrote just a brief thing about this. Like, two thousand four was the last time crazy. they won a postseason That's nuts. game. Crazy two thousand, and and That's it's not nuts. like the Mariners didn't go to the playoffs forever. You know, the Royals didn't go to the playoffs for however no, many years. No, yeah. they've won the division like five times. Like they've had home, they've had home field advantage in yep. some of these series, you know. They just lose. Yep. It's just it's 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 the very least they're not playing the Yankees. It right. is wild, and we're not talking like if you had said they haven't won a postseason series since two thousand four. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah, right. that is a not even one postseason series, a game, a single game, and they've had so many opportunities. Uh, the thing with the the Twins and the Blue Jays, in almost all of the teams in the postseason, they have this phalanx of pitchers, starting pitchers with an ERA between three and four. Solid, you know, square Gs, like real good, you know, pitchers. And those, to me, in the postseason are always just the most dangerous. Not the most dangerous, but the variable. Where you have, mm. you're thinking like, oh, you know what? Like, I've got uh, Jose Barrios. And like he's good. He good. And then, whoops, couldn't get out of the third inning. Right. Right? And I'm not trying to pick on him specifically, but, like, the whole staff is like that. Where, oh, Sonny Gray. Yes, Sonny Gray's great. Oh, couldn't get out of the fourth inning. Right? Right. right. That is the postseason. And I'm not seeing on any team, really, on any team, this kind of uh, 
Schilling Johnson or Cliff Lee in his prime, or you got yeah. Doc Holliday, right? It's just it's it's not there other than maybe Zach Wheeler, but even there. Well, the team who might have come closest would have been the Brewers. If they had yes. Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, and Brandon Woodruff, who's been nailed since he came back in August, like just showed up with a, a bum shoulder yesterday. The Brewers go from being like, hey, look, they can they're gonna ride these two guys, you know, some Freddie Peralta, you know, throw in Wade Miley, like they're gonna run suppression their way to the World Series. You can see it, right? And now it's like Aye, that's going to be a bit more challenging because Woodruff's, Woodruff's a dude. Like he's been really good for quite some time. You know, no, not as good as Burns, but he's like a he's a legit you know number two starter when he's healthy. He just hasn't been healthy for most of the year. And so yeah, you're right. Like outside of Wheeler and Burns, you know who is there a starting pitcher who's going to get into the seventh inning in these you know in these series? Well, I've got I've, this leads me to a point I wanted to make. Who do you think has the best, the deepest rotation, at least in the AL, but probably in the postseason field? I think, well, the deepest rotation, I think, is actually the Blue Jays. They have five guys. Okay, that, that, that's a good answer. That's a good. The Twins are also good. Yeah. I'm going to drop an Orioles on you. Like, I'm going to mm. go Orioles as, like, I, I have never said Kyle Bradish's name out loud, and it might be <laughs> Kyle Bradish. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know. But that guy is... He has been sneaky good this year for what it's So worth. good. Yeah. And Grayson Rodriguez has been so good in the second half. And you've got John Means back, and he's doing all this Kirk Reader stuff with fluttering change-ups. Is Kirk Reader? Yeah, you better believe it. I was, in his, wow. I was in his home a few years Kirk ago. Reader. What? You read the article, man. It's on The Athletic. It was one you of my... Right? It's one of my favorite pieces of all time. Kirk Reader, baby. I'll talk about him. I used to be on a TV show, and I would wear a T-shirt that said, uh, Kirk Reader for president. And uh, that's why I didn't get my uh, BBWAA card until just a couple years ago, because they didn't like that I was wearing shirts like that on TV. Did this hmm. derail a little bit? Uh, I don't know if we've ever that. been on the rails. John Means, so. baby. John Means. Dude. Let's Means test. Seize the John, seize the John Means of production. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yes That's sir funny. no yeah. I, I i honestly the orioles to me the more i looked at uh, them the more i studied them like a multifaceted diamond i like them to win it all baby i like them to win it like orioles braves in the postseason i'm in i think the orioles are gonna lose in the first round they play mm. Mm. Yeah, and it's nothing like it's not, I mean that's just here. a feeling I have. I just I think you know they're gonna play a team that's as good as them, right? Because they'll draw either the the Rays or the Rangers. Aren't the Phillies pretty good pitching wise? By the way, I'm sorry. Uh, Nola has Nola's been. Not the, Nola's not the same. I mean, yeah, like it's not last year. They're I know, team, but like but... you know, like yeah, the thing with guys like that is that like, you always. I mean, for me, like that dude can just show up. Okay, like that. The thing is, like when guys like that, you when they have it in him, like yeah, obviously, like if you look at the body of work for this year, it's not the same as been in the past. He's had a lot of like inconsistency, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, sorry, I I didn't mean to. That was just in my head. It's Kyle Bradish, by the way, not Bradish. Yeah, no, I I hadn't said it. I hadn't said it out loud, and I knew I was gonna screw it up. I've watched him pitch. Don't don't even put that on me. Like I haven't even you know. Watched them pitch. The Orioles are my MLB.tv team. I've told you that. But I, I, yeah. I was looking at um, the best pitches that we're going to see in the postseason the yeah, other yeah. night, just on Statcast. And Bradish had two of him. His, his breaking balls are like Bradish, whatever. Like, uh, you know, good pitcher, good pitcher. It's Brad Ice. But like, he was the only one like really high up there that had two pitches on the list, which I thought was interesting. I think it was a slider and his curveball. Mm. Actually, so anyway, so good. He's, they think they're better. So they, those pitches are better than Clayton Kershaw's slider and curveball. Kershaw is way up there. Yeah, Kershaw's okay. like two or three. Just checking. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's okay, Wait. Andy. It's fine. Hey, is there, a, not, is there a no, bell no. anywhere? Your boy Kersh didn't get sunk. No, no, yeah. but I smell it. Oh, it's Clayton Kershaw's shoulder. Ooh, that's not oh, very nice. dang! That wasn't, dude. His the stat cast likes his slider even with the busted shoulder, man. Like that's impressive. Yeah, it's Imagine one. It's one of the best pitches in baseball history. <laughs> 
Ever. I, I watched. Him, I watched him pitch recently, and it, it's amazing what he's doing. Yeah, he's 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 working through some things. So like I, it really I get is. that. But they're not. This is not the Dodgers team where they are uh, going trying to go uh, Kershaw on short rest all the time. Like they're they're trying to figure a bunch of things out. But man, what he is doing is. In all all seriousness, that that dude's so awesome. All those pitches, so I've watched. He's got a career ERA of like one point something or other against the Giants, and just so I've had a front seat to him. Maybe three hundred innings against the Giants. He's so good, and now to see him into this third phase of his career. He, yeah, he is really impressive. Someone should write a book about him. Someone should, and maybe someday they will. May seventh next year. Um, the last of his kind. Please pre-order now. Uh, <laughs> one thing I will say. So one thing is, as part of this, uh, this book that you know both reported out and then you know can say statistically, and I think you're seeing it now, and like with the way he's been pitching over the last month when he's clearly physically compromised, is that mm-hmm. Clayton Kershaw is probably the best pitcher in baseball history at run prevention. At not giving up runs. Uh, He's not the most prolific strikeout guy. You know, he's never had the highest velo, all that stuff. But he has the lowest earned run average of any, you know, starting pitcher since they live in the baseball. He has the lowest ERA plus of any pitcher, uh, starting pitcher. You know, and you see it in that, like, he's sitting, like, 87, 88. His stuff does not work the way it used to. He's still just hitting the same glove side down quadrant that he always has and just basically hammering you know with repetition and like managing game sequences he's not you know he can't really command the curveball right he's not getting the swings and misses he did on his fastball the slider looks more like a slider when it comes out of his hand than it you know than it used to and yet you look up it's like five innings one run it's the furthest thing from pretty. It's the furthest thing from enjoyable for him is his how much he's disliking the uh, the physical limitations is fairly obvious, but like one of the thing, the themes of the book is like his teammates, like the people around him, believe that he has some sort of natural gift for run prevention. That like Zach Greinke and Brandon McCarthy would talk about it, like as if he was like possessed by magic powers, and that he can get <laughs> the outcome he's looking for. Oh, he needs a double play. Well, there's a double play ball, you know. Oh, and it's not like a Greg Maddox thing where he's thinking seven pitches ahead of like I'm going to do this and this and this and this, and then he's going to do that. It's more just like. I'm going to keep doing this and I'm going to get the results that I need. And I think this next month for however long the Dodgers can ride him, they need that quality above all else. Like they need his ability to manage games and outcompete his opponent because his body is not permitting him to do much more than that. This is off of that point, right? I was looking at this the other night of the, there's the top 20 list as far as pitchers and their best pitch is run value. 13 of those 20 are in the postseason, which I think is really cool. That's a lot, okay? Kershaw is sixth, all right? <clears throat> it's a slider. So it's, it, the first is Zach Gallon's four-seamer and Chris Bassett's sinker. Like, no shock for both, right? Okay? They're tied up there. And then, you know, Charlie Morton, you know, with the curveball, which, I mean, you know, like he's got some time here to, to, to get that in order. Okay, Sonny Gray sweeper is fourth. And these are all now within one, you know, run value, okay? Corbin Burns is cutter. Clayton Kershaw slider. So I, that is impressive to me because as everybody knows it, this guy's battling through this. And yet, right, just objectively, he's got a weapon that's still elite. Yeah. Despite all of that. And that if all he needs to be successful is all of those intangibles that you've laid out that his teammates are convinced he possesses, but one elite tool, that's enough. Like, and that, that is kind of amazing to me. Like, yeah, he is, you know, not only is he, like, still generating that kind of outcome when he's clearly compromised, but he's doing it to the point where, I mean, you know, this guy's one of the best pitchers in the pool right now, right? Like, if you just looked at it for, like, what he is in this moment, even without the track record, just look at, hey, just line him up. He's in that mix of, like, damn, this guy is somebody who's going to, you know, uh, be a huge difference maker. I don't know. It's just amazing to me. And and I guess, like, that's why those guys are who they are, right? They're different. They're different. I think it's wild that, that Kershaw is, if you're a Phillies third base prospect and you you are, like, a first, you're, you're, you're uh, just, like, a third base prospect for the Phillies, 
can you imagine being better than Mike Schmidt? Right? <laughs> like, it's it's not, what? No. Okay, like, I might have a great career, and I might do all sorts of things, but I'm not, I mean, come on. Like, I'm not going to be better than Mike Schmidt. Like, that's what Kershaw was as a prospect. Like, well, he's a left-handed guy. He's not going to be better than Koufax. He's not going to... He's better than Koufax. Like, he's just, he's, he is, I have so much respect for him. And I, I just, it, I don't know. He is so good. And I got so, back in my SB Nation days, I, my beat was stop yelling at him for the postseason. The Dodgers are putting him on in an awful position all the time. You've got Hanley Ramirez at shortstop when he shouldn't be there. If he makes the play he should make, he gets out of this inning. Like, I, I that was my beat. And I hate that criticism about him. Uh, and I'm glad to see that he's in the postseason where, like, he's not going to have that short rest pressure where he, if he doesn't go eight innings, people aren't going to freak out, you know, postseason Kershaw, here he goes again. <laughs> like, I, I, I just, I, yeah. so uh, I'd, I'd like someone to write a book on. That's all. Well, Grant, I have great news for you. Mark has told me about an interesting new project he's doing. And so he's going to, He's going to have it coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's called We Need You, Big Guy. We Need You. Yeah, that's the classic of the genre. Oh, yes. Hey, sweet, sweet Christmas. Uh, Producer Brian's dropping oh, in on World Series. Producer Brian is showing yet again why I am the glue of this show. Hey, uh, hey, Grant, we have our uh, World Series predictions from March <laughs> up here. Uh, you've got... Um, Oh my God, that's awful! Hold on, go. you've got uh, you've got the um, the Padres of San Diego and the mm. the Mariners of Seattle as your pick. Um, yeah, mm, I don't think he's gonna cash that ticket. Yeah, boys. did you put money on that? I hope not. Well, mm. of course it did, but. <laughs> <sighs> No, but I that was more of a I I I think the universe owes this to us. Like I'm not that mm. that's not I'm using my baseball acumen to make an actual prediction. That is this is going to be awesome if it happens. That's I I will defend that. That sure. is me being it's not a bit, but it's not not a bit. That would be awesome so, if it happens. And if I lost fifty pounds, that would be awesome if it happens. But it's never gonna happen, Grant. So grow up. Uh, I had boy, uh, I've lost fifty pounds on to. I've lost 50 pounds on the uh, Padres before. He's doing accents now. <laughs> he's, oh, man. He's losing it, man. Here we go. Are you yeah. having another stroke? Is this your second stroke of the last four to three minutes? <laughs> Grant really yeah, did. Dude. He really did Dude. short circuit live. <laughs> no more previews for yeah, this we gotta, You can't have them. Uh, just you, so everyone knows, uh, my wow. World Series prediction for March is the same one I have now. Uh, it's Braves-Astros. That's it right now? Yeah. I think they're the All two right. best teams. I mean, I think the Braves – so, like – I think the two best teams right now entering the tournament are the Braves and the Dodgers. I think that the specific Dodgers weakness, which is the kind of shortness of their staff and the fact that they are going to have to like really mix and match, uh, that can be exploited over a seven game series by the Braves whose lineup just never quits. And so I just think they match up. I think they just match up really poorly against Atlanta because it's like, what is the third look at Ryan Yarborough going to be? You know, like what the second time they see Em and Sheehan. It's just seven games is a long time, you know, to try and get through that lineup without four starting pitchers you can ride. Uh, So, and I think Atlanta is the best team. I think the Astros are battle tested. I will pick against the Astros when I see them lose in a non-World Series context. I had the Braves and Jays, so at least they're both alive. Still alive. I mean, still alive. I mean, the Jays. Jays um, could do it, man. You know, like who knows? Seriously. Like they, they've been just like an infuriating team all season long. So, you know, to my point earlier, like the thing that's annoying about them is that they can have a good couple weeks, and and we're you know, and Andy's you know going out and getting red and blue money up north. <laughs> oh. Okay, and like, you know, like like fiddling with the internet at the Eaton Center Marriott. So like you know like this it's. It's very possible, Perish okay, like squinting from left field, fourth yeah, level, yeah, trying yeah, to see exactly. what's going on on the field. So, but like... In an look, ox box uh, in Mississauga. Anyway. Here you go. But like, you're talking about the Braves and who matches up. No one matches up well against that, that lineup. <laughs> right. That lineup's incredible. Like, I, I don't, you know, and I think people have done it over the last month where it's like, hey, wait a minute. Holy shit, they're not just good. They might be all-time good. They are scary, Okay, because not only do like the old school numbers show you how productive they are, but the deeper you look at it, you're just like, holy shit, they might be better 
than like what the numbers actually show. All right, like their their underlying stuff is scarier. Like everybody hits the cover off the ball. They're athletic. They beat you in know, different ways. They're slightly different types of hitters in that lineup, and they never stop coming at you. All right, they're unrelenting. It's unbelievable how good they are. Straight up twenty-seven Yankees, but Gehrig's stealing seventy bases. I mean, dude, <laughs> it's not that far off. Yeah, I mean, like the you know one of the things I was thinking about as I looked at the entire pool was just like how much athleticism might come into play this year, because you figure guys will be a lot more active on the bases because there's incentive to do so. Andy wrote a great story on the pitch clock the other day. If you haven't read it, you should. It's a good breakdown of just hey this is an unknown and people are going to have to deal with this and when things like that happen all right like it it could get chaotic so uh, you know uh, anyway like the braves to me bring every tool that you need to the table to win a ball game in october and in fact you could argue that like you know in, in one guy in acuna that's just about everything you need to win a game in october because you, you got up you got to hit a ball over the fence he can do that all right. And in those tight games where like you got to maximize every base runner you got, well, you walk him, he's going to be in scoring position. Like that's really amazing, powerful stuff. And to have that in your lineup every single day. And then, by the way, surrounded by all those other dudes that can punish you. That is overwhelming. The nightmare of Acuna followed by Ozzy Albies, who can bunt for a hit and he hit 33 homers. This year, he slugged like 515. Like, and then, you know, Riley, Olsen, Murphy, uh, you know, Michael Harris has been good. You know, we saw what Eddie Rosario can do. Like, it's just that lineup is is a propulsive, unrelenting force that, yeah, pretty much every team matches up poorly against. I was just saying that the Dodgers, who I think I would probably pick over every other team, like the one thing they're struggling with is what the Barbs can expose and obviously the Phillies are going to win they're going to beat the Braves and again because just the vibe you know look because like the Phillies are I will say you know like the the Phillies just they have the it's cliche but like they are they do have chaotic energy like they are a preposterous team they could very easily go and do what they did last year with Atlanta producer Brian is going nuts because predictions because he needs to chop this up and get it out before the the first game sorry brian postseason sorry you're so god grant who do you think who do you want to replace gabe you're not supposed to answer that you're not supposed to answer that you're not supposed to answer that all right so now we got to get our 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 pick so you're sticking with braves astros i'll stick braves astros yeah all right, uh, Mark, what do you got? I'm going to stick with Braves. Jay's just out of principle, and like obviously I'm, I'm going Atlanta all the way. Fair enough. Well, then I'm sticking with Padres Mariners. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm going Braves-Orioles. I said it early in the podcast. I want Braves-Orioles. I want to see That'd that. Be fun. Be, that's the only. That's the only team that I think can give the Braves just a little bit of uh, uh, cinnamon and sugar uh, when it comes to their starting rotation. I think they they would do a good job. Braves Rays would be good too. Anyways, this has been episode number 68 of the Athletics Roundtable Baseball Podcast. We'll be back next week on Wednesday. We'll be back next Wednesday because of uh, scheduling uh, things. So we'll be back then. See you next week. We'll talk about baseball because that's what we do. See ya.